welcome to the MDS podcast, the podcast channel of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society. I'm Tiago Oteiro, professor at the University Medical Center Göttingen in Germany, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Professor Paul Henning Jensen, a good friend from Aarhus University in Denmark. So hi, Paul Henning. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you, Tiago. Pleasure to be here. It's also a pleasure to be here in your home country where the MDS is taking place this year. So How are you enjoying the Congress so far? I'm really enjoying it. I visited the session yesterday about multiple system atrophy, MSA, which I particularly liked. It's a very good description of the status right now by Jin Chen Li from Taiwan. And I think she made a very good case in actually pointing out that we might, in our models, model the, the wrong faces because we always think about synuclein overexpression in early endocytes, but there's something wrong before that stage. And uh, I think she made a very good case there. So, so that was thought-provoking and, you know, it could actually be fruit for thought and how we could try to improve our models. Mm-hmm. No, Chin Zhen, she's doing great work. So yeah. I, I was there as well and I really enjoyed her presentation. Yeah. And uh, any, anything else caught your attention in what you were able to see so far? Yeah, then I, I always have a great respect for human tissue. And there, Gabakovac's presentation on the tauopathies was really revealing and I think That's also what I think we should keep an eye on in the synucleinopathies, which has, you know, close to my heart. So, so that was also a, a very, very good session. Yeah, great. So you will present this afternoon in our session on alpha-synuclein as a therapeutic target. I know you will tell us a lot more during the, your presentation, but can you give us some highlights of what you will cover? Yeah, I think I'll give some basics, but then I think what has been fascinating me for the last few years is actually the use of something called proximity ligation assay that was developed in Oxford in 2015. And that actually is a method to detect aggregates, but that's aggregates and not organized in inclusions. And there's been two publications from Japan, and we have some unpublished data I'll show, that basically show us that you have synuclein aggregate pathology in brain regions that we would have considered, you know, not affected. Because we, before, we only look for inclusions. And I think that's super important because these regions might contribute to the patient's symptoms. And so far, we have considered them not involved in Parkinson's disease and dementia with Lewy body. So I think that's very exciting to follow, and it'll be something that will be evolving the, the next coming years. So that's more, let's say, the natural history of the disease that we have to rethink, at least from my perspective. And then I will uh, discuss a bit about the therapeutic strategies that has been pursued. And I will also, being a little selfish, focus a bit on the hypothesis we have been studying for the last few years and where we have some very promising data in, in, uh, in vivo, in mice models, to discuss. And then finally, I would like to just highlight the new staging scheme where you rather say, okay, there's something wrong with synuclein. You can actually have Parkinson's disease before you get symptoms if you have a positive seed amplification assay. So I think these are novel thoughts that clinicians has to think about in the future because it's really changing the way we consider these diseases. Yeah, those are all good points. And yesterday there was a session where uh, the new staging system was presented and also an alternative proposal for classifying Parkinson's using, of course, seeding amplification assays, but also maybe skin biopsies and other yes. uh, tests that are proving to be reliable, yeah. uh, but also to include other aspects like genetics and uh, neurodegeneration. So I think it's exciting that we are living these times when yeah. there are some ideas coming up and uh, 
I think uh, it will be really important, as you said, for the clinicians to use these new concepts to help them define better what uh, type of Parkinson's they have in front of them so that hopefully they can treat them better. There's also a current topic that uh, we still haven't addressed fully that's related to this idea that maybe because of all the failures that we've had over the years, that maybe we should not just think about these diseases as proteinopathies, but perhaps they are proteinopenias, where mm. because there's protein aggregation, then you lose the functional protein. And maybe the solution should not be to try to interfere with aggregation, but rather to increase the expression of the protein. Where do you stand on this discussion? I mean, you are an expert in the field. You've been sure. working on this for a long time. So give us your perspective. Yeah, I agree with you that after 20 years of studying a proteopathy, without breakthrough, we have to keep an open mind. But we know that if you have too much synuclein based on the duplication, triplication, you get an autosomal dominant disease. So I would not favor increasing synuclein expression too much. If there could be a way where you could say, oh, we could kind of stabilize a native conformation, that might be tempting, but I guess the problem is we don't really know the native conformation. And the uh, function as well. And the function as well. But if there could be a way you say, okay, we have synuclein in the ter terminals, it's decreasing because of aggregation. Could we counteract that? But on the other hand, if you decrease the level, I would assume you just make more. I mean, this is a regulator. So, so I'm not a strong proponent for this idea about trying to increase synuclein levels. But let's see if somebody can come up with some model studies that can convince us. And so when we think about this issue, what do you think would be key experiments that have not been done that we need to do in order to definitively decide whether we need to really remove the aggregates or focus on something else, some other biological aspect? Can you think of any critical experiments that even if they are difficult to do, but sure. what we need to do to try to, to resolve this? I think, first of all, we need to try to improve our models in the sense that we've been doing a lot of studies, both you and I, in cell lines. And I, to some extent, consider a cell line a, a bag of organelles. Whereas in our brain, we know synuclein is very highly concentrated in nerve terminals. There's also something in the nucleus, but you know the large majority and in high concentration in nerve terminals. And the biology in the nerve terminal could be very different. I'm not convinced that you, in the process of developing the disease, you actually deplete synuclein out there. But I think we could try with human neurons or cultures of rat or mice neurons to see if we can induce an aggregate state that's not forced too strong and then try to see, okay, what happens to synuclein in nerve terminals? Could that be something that reflects what goes on in the brain of a patient? That might take years, but that's difficult to, to study. And, and I think our models now with, with human neurons that are you know, more easy to cultivate and so on might bring us there, even though they are not as polarized as, for example, primary neurons from rodents. So I've been more cumbersome to work with. So this is not easy, but I think we have to move in that direction. And you are trained as a medical doctor, but then you've been a basic science researcher for a long time. So... Our audience is mostly clinical, although fortunately we have a lot of basic science listeners as well. But I wonder if we focus on, again, the topic of the session where you will be speaking on alpha-synuclein as a target for intervention, 
what from what you know and you know a lot that is going on in the field what do you consider are the best approaches to target alpha synuclein that we we have being tested today you could say what has been in the clinic is where we try to remove synuclein by by passive vaccination <clears throat> it's not something that works like this i think we should try to see if some of the more experimental strategies where we, we perturb signaling pathways may be affected by the aggregates. If they could work, and then the clinicians sitting in the audience could try maybe using these novel insights from, from the brain regions affected, can we tease out symptoms from the patients that we haven't thought about before that are elicited from brain regions where you do not have you know, cell loss but dysfunction, if, if that's possible, then you could say, okay, can we actually revert a symptom? Because you have a, a, a neuron, it's kind of struggling, but it's still alive and kicking. So I think that could be really exciting, but, but that will take clinicians to, to rethink, okay, could there be other symptoms by our patients you have to talk to them and, and so on that we can quantify and, and, and maybe see, yeah, we start this treatment, you actually decrease this symptom. That, that could be fascinating. Mm -hmm. No, uh, sounds sounds like a, a good suggestion. So, <laughs> so Paul Henning, we are coming to the end. Time flies very quickly here while we have this nice conversation. So are there any other thoughts you would like to share about the Congress, about your research at the moment? Well, I'll just say that, I mean, I just came from this grand rounds in the large auditorium and it was, you know, always moving to see real patients on stage because, you know, we, there's so much more to it than when we read a paper, you and I. So I really appreciate the, the Congress here. Yeah, I think that's a very nice session. That's why it's always so well attended because everyone really enjoys to, to see and watch the, the process, the thought process that the clinicians go through when trying to make a diagnosis. And for us as basic scientists, this is really interesting for me as well too. Because I think for us, I feel it helps us also understand what we need to model in the lab. It's not just about proteins that do this or do that. It's sure. about trying to model a complex problem that is not limited to a simple or a single cell type and goes much beyond that. Sure. And I think this is, it's very humbling because then we realize really how complex the problems are. Yes. So Paul Henning, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having us, you with us here on, on the podcast. I, I invite everyone, all our listeners to, to go and look for your beautiful work over the years. There's a lot for people to learn about what you've you've been working on and all your contributions so that's really great and uh, yeah thank you again for joining i hope you you enjoyed thank you for giving me the opportunity <laughs> it was wonderful so we have just interviewed professor paul henning jensen from aarhus university and discussed his participation at the mds congress 2023 so thank you all for listening and join us again in our upcoming podcasts The views and opinions expressed by the participants in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the International Parkinson and Movement Disorder Society or their affiliated journals, Movement Disorders and Movement Disorders Clinical Practice. Any disclosures of the participants can be found within the episode description located on the MDS website. <laughs>